Hey, hey, it's the Pretty Corrupt Podcast, your inside guide to celebrity scandals and the reality of reality TV. I'm Jordan Ross Myers, the man behind Twitter's notorious Stone Gunvalson and Lee Radswell, along with my co-hosts, Stacey Noel Connor and Nate Safer. Welcome to PCP Pop Culture. What's up? Welcome to PCP Pop Culture. And that's right, it's pop culture because we've expanded two episodes now. Bravo for you housewives freaks and pop culture for you celeb scandal lawsuit TMZ addicts just like us. What happened this week? I survived that wedding that I went to. (laughs) How was it? (laughs) Oh, but... I have to tell everybody the girl that I was afraid was going to be there that I didn't like was not there. She was not there. And so I had to ask because like, basically when I'm there, there were only about 150 people at this wedding. It was beautiful. It was tasteful. It was like small and intimate. I loved it. It was every, I loved everything about it. And I'm looking out there. I was like, she's not a guest, but I was thinking she'd probably be a bridesmaid. And then all the bridesmaids come down and I'm like, she's not a bridesmaid. So it was like, there's only two reasons that she's not here one they're not friends anymore like my friend finally like kicked her out of her life or two this woman was exactly who i think she was and would ditch would not go to this girl's you know wedding Mm -hmm. just because you know she's all about herself and so i had to ask another one of the guests uh, actually another one of the bridesmaids who uh, i know i was like i gotta ask you a gaspy question i was like why isn't so and so here and she goes oh well and she was like trying to be diplomatic like look i don't like so and so so and i've never have and she's like oh well yeah basically the bride finally you know had a friendship breakup with her about a year ago and i was like good for her i'm happy to hear that you know i'm not happy that she had to go through that pain of having you know any because a friendship breakup sucks but I'm happy for her that she is free of that because also I was like, I was like, between you and me, you know that she would have, that that girl would have made this wedding still all about her. And she goes, oh yes, she would have. <laughs> and I was like, see, now my friend got to have this wedding all about herself. So yeah. Anyway, it was a great night. It was a great day. And uh, I still felt hungover the next day. How did Tinsley look in her wedding dress? <laughs> Amazing. I bet she did. She looked sexy yet virginal at I the same time. Did. Mm-hmm. It was really creepy. I, that was really creepy the way I said that. I'm sorry. That was my apologies, Tinsley. She's a married woman. I did now. not mean for that to sound as, as creepy as it did. I don't think I've ever heard you sound like that. Like um, I don't know, uh, predatory before <laughs> yeah. Nate. That's true. It did sound a little bit like you were his phone sex operator. What, what were dying. you wearing at Tinsley's wedding? <laughs> I, be, I bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. What, what, was, your, was your frenemy disinvited because she was naughty? <laughs> like, I mean. Oh. <laughs> was she a bad girl? Okay, that's me. Yeah. myself. Yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> Well, we have to have some laughs at the beginning of this. You yeah, know, so. this, it's actually been a sad weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, news broke last night, unless you're living under a rock. Uh, Matthew Perry, a.k.a. Chandler Bing from Friends, passed away. Tragically, unexpectedly, mm. at 54 years old. So Yeah. 
Let's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> As I said to Nate on our text chain, I said, um, we've entered a new era where friends are dying. Mm. And I mean, friends is, and he was like, no. And he was like, they have to reach golden girls age. And I go, Nate, they are golden girls. Mm, age. They refuse. Like looking refuse. and, and yeah, the age of the, uh, the, not uh, some of the cast, but of the characters, some of the characters, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. the age of what Golden Girls were supposed to be. So when it began, part, like, Blanche was in her early 50s. Like she mm-hmm. was, Blanche was J-Lo's age. So mm-hmm. look that up, like 52 or 53 or something. So yeah, that's a trip. Yeah. I started thinking this morning, like what about the cast of Seinfeld? Like there are four of them, but that's another episode. But it is a lot yeah. to think about. Like that's scary. Yeah, that was. I mean, not. I mean, not childhood, but that the show ran from what ninety four to two thousand four, I believe. Like those ten years, two thousand three, two thousand three. So it was like my high school freshman year through college, and then a little bit after college. It was. I mean, it was such a huge thing in in college. I remember my, um, especially my senior year. I lived in an apartment with uh, one of my best friends, who I'm still best friends with. Um, we had a tradition where we had all of our friends over, and we had um, it was called Friends and Tito's. Where um, not Tito's vodka? If you're uh, Tito's Ugh. tacos, Tito's tacos. Mm. If you're if you're an uh, Angelino, you know. Uh, I don't know mm. if we knew what Tito's vodka was yet. We probably had other vodka, but it was like That's a weekly pretty, thing. Yeah, like it's you know I, the show. It's on. It's still on like twelve hours a day on I TBS, mean, and I you know it's a good back. It's a it's, great thing to have it's in the on HBO background. Max. Oh, HBO Max. It's a great thing to have in the background because yeah. you've seen every episode. How many you know dozens of times there's some problematic stuff in there not not super but just some stuff over the years that does not age well like the whole mm. kathleen turner plot line is not not yeah. great but it still holds up and he's i mean you the, the, all the characters are great but chandler was just had all was, the lines it was everything it was a fairly wholesome show though when you look and it's weird because in certain ways like you said there are certain social aspects that maybe we've evolved or progress it's more more progressive mm-hmm. but in other ways like compared to sitcoms now compare that to another group of friends like um always sunny in philadelphia the cast in Monica's apartment, you just want to give them a hug. <laughs> there was a, there, it yeah, was, that's true. Yeah. You felt safe with them. Like you kind of felt safe. They were, they were your friends. They weren't going to, they weren't going to try to like sell you off to like, you know, drug dealers in another <laughs> country or something. That would have like made that. for a wild you episode know, though. Like I mean, that. And it, and it, it would have been Monica. Monica would have done that. Yeah. Monica would have definitely sold people oh absolutely do you remember she had that closet that nobody knew what was in it there there was some weird shit in there right yeah and he he uh, doesn't get enough credit for his his like outside of friends he made he made mm -hmm. like you know some of his movies get shit i think fool's rush in is great i love fool's rush in i love that film it gets a lot of shit i I love selma yeah it's fun he made some fun romantic comedies he made some great shows Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. I'm not really sure why it didn't make it. Um, that show was fantastic. It only lasted like 20 so episodes. Good. He had that other show, Mr. Sunshine with Allison Janney, that was really, really good. It was mm-hmm. a sitcom that only lasted like half a season. Like, I don't know why all these sh- his shows didn't last, but they were all good. It's kind of the weight of a show as monumental as 
as monumental as friends. He always, like he talked about in his memoir, he knows he'll be remembered as Chandler, Chandler, friends, friends, but he hoped that would be beneath like his like personal accomplishments and stuff. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a cur- it's a blessing and a curse to have that kind of success when you're defined by one character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think though, too, like when you ask about those shows and, and I have a friend who was, who worked on the odd couple that he did with uh, Thomas, uh, Lennon. Thomas Lennon and, uh, Sometimes it 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 was his drug and alcohol abuse though that got mm. in the way. Yeah. Um, that was a pro- like he, as you'll hear a lot. He was an incredibly nice guy. He was so talented. He was so nice. And when he was sober and he was on, he was great. But when he wasn't sober and when he wasn't showing up on time or wasn't showing up at all, it was very hard. Um, and I think that's one of those things that people will not talk about as much, but also is one of those reasons why perhaps those some of those shows didn't necessarily yeah. keep going because you can't can you can't it's too, becomes too expensive. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I'm just saying the thing that nobody wants to say. It's kind of so, like yeah. the way with and, um, Two and a Half Men and how Charlie Sheen's run ended. It, it began yeah. his extracurricular activities were getting in the way of production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so sad because, you know, as everybody said, like, yeah, that, that Matthew Perry is just a fabulous person, funny person, incredibly talented, incredibly funny and just amazing. But like, I think Hank Azaria, I, I, I cried. Yeah. You sent Hank Azaria's, um, you know, post and i i that one that one made me cry that made me cry because when he said that like a lot of this felt his close friends felt we lost him years ago that's when i kind of lost yeah. it like having dealing with addicts you know and alcohol in my own life like with friends i feel like that way and like you have to protect yourself but that doesn't mean that you don't love somebody and that you don't care about them and that you don't and that you don't like you just you've you've already grieved that person in some ways before they've before they've left. But at the same time, it's still you're still not prepared for when it actually still happens. So I think that's, that's what I feel really bad for his his friends and his family. Like I feel really bad for them. This the timing of it was sad too. I mean, any timing would, but it seemed like he was starting a new positive phase. He had written that memoir. He was working out. He kind of dedicated a lot of his life to helping addicts with like the mm-hmm. yeah the sobriety home for men um and things like that so it seemed like he had he had also like kind of consolidated instead of homes everywhere and spending kind of like like an addict would i mean he really was like living a pretty normal life you know what i mean he was like kind of reining it in whoever he put in charge of his money kept him in check you know what i mean like plus like yeah because you could easily go through that money so well, so fast for sure. Um, but, and also like, unlike, unlike Erica <laughs> Girardi, Erica Jane, who blamed everybody else, blames everybody else for her problems. Matthew Perry didn't blame everybody yeah. else for his problems. 
he took responsibility, mm. you know, for it. And so, and I think that's a really big thing and didn't make it any easier for him, but I think it made it, I, I think it, it just shows a lot of his, his character. You know yeah. what I mean? That like, that also people are more than their addictions. You know, it's the character of a person and he had, he had really great character. I don't know if you like that, that Hank Azaria video. I mean, if, if you can stand to watch it, it's he, uh, Hank Azaria tweeted it. And I, I don't know if he put it on Instagram too, but it's just him three and a half minutes talking in the camera about like how, how close they were. And, and, and it was just, it was beautiful. Um, and also another post that um, I only sky, I don't know if you guys saw that. Ioni Sky posted a really nice thing where it was their last text conversation, which was only a few days before he died. Um, and they weren't terribly close. They, they made a movie together in like their first movie together. It was called The Life and Times of Jimmy Reardon. It was a River Phoenix movie, like in the like oh, 1989 yeah. like, or something. Um, so he met Ioni Sky on that. But Ioni said that out of nowhere, like a week or two ago, he texted her and said, Hey, I'm, I, I was meditating. And then he, in typical Chandler way, he said, I meditate now. He said the, um, um, in your eyes, the song in your eyes just came on and it made me think of you and how beautiful you are. He texted this to Ioni sky kind of out of nowhere. Cause she, the way she responded was like, Oh my God, thank you so much. It's so great to hear from you. Like they weren't like close friends. So mm-hmm. just to get that, like out of the blue, is just, you know, it's amazing. You know, um, Janice from the show, Maggie Wheeler, her tribute, we actually, we posted it. Um, it was really, I thought it was kind of cute because she puts in it, um, it's a picture of him and her from the show. They're whatever, like in an embrace. And, um, but she put in the caption, we will always love you, Matthew Perry. And that's a reference to her line in the show as Janice. She goes, don't you know it? You love me, Chandler Bing. She uses his full name. It was cute. I was like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I'm sure as the days go on, more, the more you'll hear more and more nice things coming out. Cause like you said, he seemed to be somebody that was just genuinely, nobody disliked him. At all, like it doesn't seem he, like it. I don't. I don't know, but he, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't seem like it. He well, he was. I know. Um, I didn't know him firsthand, but people who did. Um, he that the morning before he passed away, he was playing pickleball at the Riviera, which is a really swanky um, country club near his house in uh, the Palisades, and it's where like Larry David and Ari Emanuel and a lot. I think Mark Wahlberg's a member. It, it's one of the best most exclusive golf courses in LA anyways. So what I heard is, you know, like Matthew Perry was a professional tennis player at some point, And it was really one of his passions as kind of paddle sports. And even at, like in the throes of his addiction, when he really wasn't very reliable and stuff, either way, he always paid the tennis instructor twice his rate. Um, and he didn't show up most of the time. And he felt bad and understood that he was kind of frustrating and an inconvenience to work with. So no matter what, he took care of the people at twice their rates to like make it up to them out of guilt and like consideration. So he wasn't even in the throes of addiction. He was considerate. He was you got you know like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he was aware. Well, this is like a peppy episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, it's just so sad because I think it's just like, uh, 
I mean, we'll find out over the coming weeks and months, like what happened, you know, and, and we're recording this on Sunday. It'll come out on Tuesday, but you know, we're not going to find out anything anytime real soon. Cause yeah, it takes at this point they've done, happen. they've released the body to the family, which means they've done the, um, what's that called? Uh, I'm autopsy. sorry. I'm blanking uh, autopsy and there will be toxicology reports, then- et cetera, to come. Um, but you can't. We can't really jump to any conclusions at this point, which is rare for a podcast that likes to form its own conclusions based on vibes <laughs> and gossip. I mean, you gave Dorit like a yeah. wild, uh, wild backstory. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It was like I saw. Oh, this is something else that got me. I saw. Was it? I think it was Charlie Puth was in Australia and he was performing and they found, you know, they found, and basically he start, started playing the friends theme song and like everybody started, oh, it's like, yeah. makes you cry. It was like, Oh my God. And also I think the thing too, that like friends really became all like, I think it's a real big deal to us, especially like, you know, like Gen X elder millennials, you know, we're, we're very much in the friends culture. And then it kind of dropped off and people were like, Oh, it's so problematic. But then Gen Z picked it up. Like these, these young, these young kids, like, like my, but some of my friends, kids love friends, you Mm. know what I mean? And they, they're like so into friends and they're like, you know, in middle school and high school and stuff. And they're just like, so you've got this whole other generation that has found friends and it's very important to them too. Like this is a show that even though, yes, there are some problematic episodes and it's still, it's the whole vibe and it's the whole theme Well, it's and kind it's of the like, whole spirit of it. It's kind of like a younger version of the golden girls. And I mean that, and that mm-hmm. it's a comfort staple for multiple generations. It's about a group of friends and it's something people like Golden Girls I watch with my grandma. I still, when it first aired and I was like a toddler mm-hmm. and I watch it, reruns are always on. It's comforting to people of all ages and they feel like mm-hmm. it's home. And I think that's where Friends has that way. I, I adore the show except for one single episode that made my life hell for like a month. The Pottery Barn episode. I don't know if you guys remember the Pottery Barn <laughs> yeah. where yes. uh, from the days of yore. For, yes, the was that? it was yes, it like Phoebe. I don't remember the exact plot. I think it was that oh that Rachel was getting Pottery Barn things for her and Mona or her and Phoebe's apartment, and then Phoebe found out that they mm-hmm. weren't antiques. And no, it actually all started with Ross and the apothecary table. Anyway, my point being yes. is, I worked at the Pottery Barn when that show aired. <laughs> And the next day, I cannot tell you how many calls, visits, and everything we had to field asking for that goddamn apothecary table, which we did not carry in store. We carried it in the catalog. We did have those bird cages, like the ridiculous bird oh, really? cages that Rachel gets for their apartment. We carried those in store. We did not carry the apothecary table. I wonder if there's a vintage market for those now. I know they're not that old, but they carry such they have their own place in pop culture. I mean, just yeah. History. If you if you mention the Pottery Barn apothecary table to anybody of a certain age, they will know exactly what. And mm-hmm. I don't. And I worked there at the time, and I to this day still have no idea what kind of marketing deal that was. Like if it was just a free ad for Pottery Barn, or if they're like, "Hey, we'll pay you to put our stuff in your episode." Because it Probably fit. It fit. It. I'm sure it did, but it, it fit worked. within the characters, though. 
Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, they also worked in Ralph Lauren as yeah. a very long storyline. And there were... Yeah. Didn't Rachel work at Bloomingdale's, didn't she? Wasn't she the That's personal shopper at Bloomingdale's? Yeah. You had to get yeah. clearance for that to be like an ongoing mm-hmm. thing. So there's a range. It was funny that they juxtaposed that with the fact that you had no idea what Chandler did. Like that was the joke. Like you had no idea. Like they yeah. didn't know what he did. That's how they lost the bet. Like mm-hmm. nobody, he was a transponster. Yep. That's not a word. <laughs> I'm looking at the weenus. <laughs> the weenus doesn't make sense. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my God! One of the best episodes is when he gets when he's when it's when when Rachel's boss has wants to have sex with yeah. him and handcuffs him to the. And that part that part wasn't supposed to happen. Like if I read I, when, it, yeah, when, it when it he pulls in the his head. hand forward and it hits him in the back of the head and he does that Chandler look. I read about yeah after the fact they're like that was totally improv. Mm-hmm. The drawer was not supposed to hit him in the head and he it played it so well. Well, and also like another like credit of like why he's so funny too is that he, you know, because they're constantly changing scripts on the fly. Um, you know, they're writing up until until shooting, and then while they're shooting, if something's not working, there's usually a couple of writers on the set. That's again like something that the you know, writer strike was about too, um, but more so on on sitcoms. There's writers on set to like change some things. A lot of times, like the writers, there's video of it too. There's video evidence of this of writers, the EPs, like coming up and, and saying, well, "What would he say here?" and like. And Matthew Perry would throw out lines. He'd throw out funny stuff and they would use it. Like, so he was like, like an uncredited writer mm-hmm. on there mm-hmm. in some ways, just at least one liners here and there. I'm not saying like he wrote episodes or anything, but like on the fly, if they needed a funny line, they would come to him and he w- he could usually come up with a funny line or two, you know, for an episode here or there. So like, he's just like a, f- he was just a funny, like brilliant, funny mm-hmm. man. And oh, that's tragic. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got something else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's. Br- I know. I know a great way to brighten our day. Um, rest in peace, okay. Matthew Perry, Chandler Bing, and let's move on to something really just heartwarming, and that's Kanye West. Oh, oh somebody with a yeah. dead career. Oh, oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we haven't saying. we haven't checked in with with Ye in a while. Uh, he's had quite a summer. Uh, just traveling around <laughs> Europe, mostly Italy with his, um, in the beginning, she was like a quote unquote wife, but I guess now they've figured out that they might legally be married. Um, so it might actually in be his real country. wife. Um, are they married? Mm-hmm. Well, they've been in Italy for like four months. So who knows? Oh, who maybe they married abroad. Yeah. But uh, yeah. He's, a, lot's com- the- a lot's coming out about his uh, Adidas deal of your. I mean, the the fact that, I mean, if, if, if people don't know, haven't seen the page six article, but oh my gosh. Yeah, he's been, he's like, been doing this, this shit for a long time. Like this anti-Semitism that popped up in the last year is not new. Apparently a decade, yeah. a decade this has been going on. Like it, that he's, that he's been doing this, like apparently in one of his, one of his first meetings with the design team at Adidas. Adidas. Uh, they, and they showed him shoes and he hated them because they weren't the concept that he wanted. He drew a swastika on them to show them and they were just appalled. Mm-hmm. But this was 10 years mm-hmm. ago. 
and they continued to work with 2000, him. Yeah, they're, like you said, yeah, he did not like the drawings, so he, he wanted to show them up by doing that. That was 2013. They re-upped him in 2016 at triple his salary. So, mm-hmm. so he got rewarded, um, but they did put a morals clause in it, the 2016 deal, which is how they ended up firing him. Like that original mm-hmm. deal would not, they would not have been able to fire him for that. But it's, I mean, it's, he did that. He, he told, uh, there was evidently some sort of manager level person at Adidas mm-hmm. who, uh, who's Jewish and Kanye told him that he should mm-hmm. kiss a photo or a, pi- a painting of Hitler every day. Um, yep. and then he also, what he, he said. He tried. To, he was claiming that Hitler is it was a master marketer, and that mm-hmm. um, he really admired his command of propaganda. And this, this, these would be reprehensible things to say anywhere. But when you know Adidas is history, uh, well, first off, the the company is. Can based we just in, say Adidas? I'm no, sorry. it's funny to say. No, it's like when no, it's, it's Adidas. Like when you say you can't say Ibiza, it's Ibiza. You can't say Barcelona, it's Barcelona. And it's I say Adidas. In a, Look, I I say things in a very um, American. <laughs> I'm not. You can a, you can say Adidas, but we're gonna say Adidas. Look, I already pissed off our UK listeners when I went after their drink and food in the last in the Bravo episode. So I'm at least gonna like you know play to the rest of our European listeners and, by calling it. And Adidas. technically, I mean, it's named after Adidasler. It's it is Adidas. We we we. No, it's like you think we're being pretentious. I know that's why we're. We just were corrected finally. I finally learned this in the last two years. That's why we're saying it, Jordan, just to make you cringe. No, Uh, but but so this is a Germany-based company. um, Very the factory very close to Nuremberg, which has you know a lot of historical. You know, not the place you're. I mean, it's reprehensible no matter where, but and. And yeah, Adidas just has a very, very bad history with, uh, you know, the, the, the brothers, the um, Adi and, uh, what is it, Adi? They were and, Nazis. Yeah, Adi and Rudy Dossler, the brothers. One started Puma, one started mm-hmm. Adidas. They're both members of the Nazi party. So it is very much yeah. something that should not happen ever, but, you know, specifically at that company. Uh, he, was, he was just, you know, he's a provocateur. He was just doing it to get attention, as he always does. It clearly didn't, I mean, it. <laughs> I think being an anti-Semite is the wrong way to like be a provocateur. <laughs> like yeah. that seems like systematic and inherently wrong. Like <laughs> I don't think we would want to be calling a person who is a racist yeah. that they always oh, just being a provocateur. <laughs> like, no, that's true. No, that's a poor choice of words, but like he just, he just does things for attention <laughs> is all I mean. You it know? makes me, it doesn't actually make me wonder because I know, I'm not even, it just makes me wonder how she got along with him, like Kim and the family, um, Kardashian. They're not like that at all. I'm not putting them down. I just wonder if he hid it from her. They're very close with a, a lot of their closest friends are Jewish. They go mm-hmm. to the, I just, and they, look, they have a very blended, diverse family. I mean, yep. uh, look, Scott Disick was Jewish. Um, yep. African American, they're alive. half Armenian. <laughs> I mean, it really is like a United Nations there. And so I wonder, they're a very blended open family. Kanye comes in with this like Nazi admiration. They don't, they're not like that. So I'm not putting any blame on them. I'm just like, how did they navigate that? I have to, I'm going to make an assumption. So we all know what that means. Uh, but I have to assume that A, they got into 
Kim and Kanye got into that relationship very quickly. Mm-hmm. We know how serious it got quickly because, you know, because of Bibi. Um, and so then you're already a part of a family, whether you get married or not, when you have a child together. And so you already know then that you're going to have to deal with this person. But also it seems like some point, especially like at some point, I'm not saying that he just all of a sudden became something, but it seemed like there was a turning point in his life where, you know, and this was even further after his mother died, but a turning point where this, this, the floodgates opened Mm. to what, to the darkness that is inside of him. And so it publicly came open and that probably changed their, changed their relationship. And she probably tried to work on it for a while. I don't know. I don't know. That's my assumption about it. I absolutely loathe when mental illness gets blamed for things like this. Like a mental illness does Mm -hmm. not make you racist. It does not make you do these horrible things, but it did seem like there are noticeable behavioral changes in him. Like when he's, when he's has things under control and when he doesn't, that's not to say he wasn't always anti-Semitic or not always racist. It's just, he he seemed to hide it better. Like um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, so it seemed like all around, I I don't know what kind of medication I don't, we don't know anything about any diagnosis. He refuses to acknowledge he has any sort of mental illness. The bipolar thing seems to be coming from other people. Um, Mm -hmm. But it does seem like there are times, you know, like anybody with mental illness, there are times when his behavior changes I don't know if it has to do with medication or what, and I'm certainly not blaming it for any of this behavior, but it's possible that he was able to hide it for as long as he was because of he had things under control. I, you know, that's only my guess. I'd agree with you on that. I'm catching up on Kardashians right now. I watch it whenever I feel like it. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that means I watch 15 minutes of it. Sometimes that means I watch an entire episode, but I cannot watch two episodes back to back. Absolutely not. No, no. I I think I I watched the premiere of this new Hulu one last season. Are they in season three now or two? I don't I don't even know. Yeah, they're on season. Okay, three. Okay, so I watched the premiere, the pilot. I assume if we're calling it a pilot of the new series, and I enjoyed it, but I never felt the need to watch it ever again. I'll just go like, oh, I should watch just watch this. I don't have to think. And I don't care as much as like I do with Housewives. Do you know what I mean? Because like some people would be like, oh, I turn like at the beginning with Housewives, like, oh, I don't have to think. But now I care more about Housewives. So I I do have to think when I'm watching it. Well, actually, I want to say this. If you kind of look at the headlines, we discussed this on a PCP months ago, earlier this year, when I felt the Kardashians had slipped off their pedestal. They were no longer the most famous family in the world when at least treated by the media that way with the onslaught of Megan and Harry and all this stuff. Now you've had Beyonce and Taylor Swift and their tours. Mm. Um, it knocked the Kardashians from the A plus plus to mere A listers, regular major celebrities. Um, and if you look at the headlines and the shows, Shows like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Mauricio and Kyle, and all this stuff, they get a lot of press. The kind of press and coverage and rumors that the Kardashians used to get. I don't know. They don't seem I mean, to I would... cause waves like they used to. Well, we were kind of talking about this in our group chat, and it can go either way, um, that something has changed in a sense for Bravo shows, they've become more Kardashian like in the fact that stuff is happening off camera before 
the season is being shown and mm-hmm. people are, so we're wa- almost watching, or maybe I was saying this to another friend. Pe- we're watching these seasons for clues. Now we're watching these, cl- these like we're reverse engineering these seasons kind of while we're watching them. Like we kind of did that with Vanderpump rules because Scandal came out like what, two to three episodes into the season. So we're watching it back. Beverly Hills, same thing in the sense of like, we're finding out about this stuff right after they've stopped filming, they pick up cameras again. Um, we're going to be doing that with Summer House when that comes out because of Carl and Lindsay's breakup. We're even kind of doing that a little bit with Winter House because Scandal was filmed right out. I mean, Winter House was filmed literally a week after Scandal broke. And so that th- it, it's the Kardashian effect on Bravo that's happened mm-hmm. now of like the real, the real life is happening. And I think that's also Kardashians have now kind of picked up their shooting schedule for the Hulu show because like it, there, there was a year in between seasons one and two, but now two and three, only a few months. Yeah. So it's kind of like a year round. If they're not airing, they're filming while they're filming, mm-hmm. you're following on social media. So the mm-hmm. end of the Kardashian. Not joking. <laughs> Kardashians are out. The Umanskis are in. No. But most importantly, it's the rise of PCP. (laughs) That's right. Don't forget, we have two episodes this week and every week going forward. That's PCP Pop Culture, which you just listened to now, and also PCP's Bravo Breakdown. And, of course, please rate, subscribe, follow, and review. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, all our personal accounts and our various shades of um, bizarre. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next episode. See you next Tuesday.